Welcome back, Brown Guy Radio. As it's time for this week in high school baseball. And boy, do we got a great show for you. We've got coaches from Winfield Mount Union. We got coaches from Linville Solar. We got the coach of Kyoto Eagles. We got uh, Cole Clarahan. And we got a, a special guest, a former major leaguer. It will be a surprise at the end of this. And Round Guy's back. Yeah, Steve Pilton calls in an old friend from the major leagues to talk uh, to talk baseball for you at the end of this program. And and one more guest, we got to get it ready and get it started with Scotty Melvin. Welcome back, Scotty. Hey, Dave, how's it going? Pretty great, pretty great. Uh, so, uh, it was a big week in baseball. Uh, what what did uh, what did you see out there? Well, you and I both got to take in the uh, the big matchup at, at Sigourney against uh, Don Bosco, who was visiting from, I believe, up north. And uh, it was a heck of a game, wasn't it, for, for several innings anyway. It was a beautiful park. You know, mm. the colors and everything are so nice in that park. And those guys, both their uniforms look good. Don Bosco's uniforms, they look fantastic, didn't they? They sure did. They uh, they were really sharp looking, and they and they played the part on the field as well. I thought Sigourney did great too. They had the, uh, a really wonky top of the six that made the score look, you know, made the game look a lot worse than it really was. Yeah, well, Don Bosco, you know, they came in ranked what fifth or sixth in the state, and and they were every bit of that, weren't they? Yeah, I would say so. They're uh, <laughs> they they didn't really appear to me to have any weakness at all on that team no they're fantastic they're really uh one of the best teams we've got to see all year i'd have to say uh i don't know i got there at the top of the fourth nothing nothing bottom of the fourth nothing nothing and then uh you know they got some runs in the fifth but that sixth inning really kind of got out of hand and uh but other than that it was a fantastic night and it was a great place i got to actually visit two parks that night i was at Pekin too earlier in in the night and uh then we got uh, that great interview with cole clarahan didn't we yeah colton was uh I, I was telling some folks at work the next day we got to speak to him and i said man this, this young man's a, an old soul I, I felt like he's one of those kids that and there's a few of them out there they could sit with us old guys and and we could just yap all night about sports <laughs> or whatever and and he fits right in um that was a, that was a lot of fun talking to that young man I don't think the conversation been any different. We did we weren't recording it. Do you? No, I don't. He's he's just one of those one of those kids, and I don't know. It just kind of reminds you of the the typical uh, the Midwest young man or or whatever that just uh, he's he's a country boy. He loves the sports and uh, loves the chat, and then it was a great evening for it at the ballpark. And how cool is it to see um, some Kyoto players that had the night off come over and support their. Uh, rivals and and also football teammates on a on an off night for baseball yeah there is this has been a beautiful summer and i've really enjoyed all the the places that we've been so i just kind of my week started out fantastic with the uh uh caden clarahan hit that home run to win the game against north mahaska in the bottom of the seventh inning with two outs and two on and the ball, you know, that was it was fantastic. And then uh Pekin, uh really uh they were the strong team of the area. Uh the 
was it Wednesday night? Yes. Yeah, Wednesday night. And then then I got up there and got to see Don Bosco. So, I mean, I really got to see some of the best teams uh, in the league this week. Uh, you know, get to see some power and get to see some uh, some guys barreling up the ball. And I still got to see some great defense and uh, good good pitching and uh, got a pretty good hot dog over there in Sigourney. That was a uh, that was real good. And then I come back uh, Friday night and I covered the uh, the uh, Linville Sully at Kyoto game with Cole Clareham pitching, and that was a battle. That was yeah. a battle. That was one of them classic big time barn burning games that you'll remember for a long time. And I'm glad we were there to document it. Uh, uh, you know that was they they you know they. Uh, you know, a little bit of a heartbreaker on the score at the end of it, but it was such a good, well-fought game, you know, and uh, it'll get them ready for the playoffs. And they'll know what they have to do. And uh, that uh, I take my hat off to Linville Soy. They're, they're, they're really good at everything. They're really disciplined. They don't swing outside the strike zone. The defense is really good. They hit really well. They play a really good team sport. Don Bosco, hats off to you, baby. You know, you, you rocked it, didn't they? They sure did. They've, uh, I, I believe, their record seventeen and two now. So you knew going into this game that, that it was going to be a tough one. And and Sigourney was coming off of two heartbreaking losses already in the week after reeling off what eleven or twelve wins, something like that, to start the season. And uh, so that Don Bosco game was kind of the finale of that gauntlet they had to run last week. And uh, then they they finished the week um, the next night with a win. And so they're back in the win column. Yeah, there. And they, that's they had a tough uh, thirteen to twelve loss in uh, Pleasantville, I think. Yes, Pleasant yes. Hill, and they followed that up with a, a one-run loss to Linville Sully. Yeah, 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 yeah. They had a, but they, like you say, they rebounded and, and did get a, a win. You, you get to you look. You, you play four, five, six games a week. You're going to have, you know, times where your pitching lets you down. You know, and. Sure. As, as you can see from the beginning of the season to the end of the season, not only has the defense really come up, but the hitting's really coming up too, isn't it? Yeah, everybody's uh, really gotten sharper as the seasons wore on. And I think that was, um, you know, maybe maybe Sigourney would like to have done better than, than one and three last week. But the fact is playing up to that level of competition, especially in a sport like baseball, I think is great for sharpening your – your team for that postseason run that's coming here pretty soon. Well, I know Mid Prairie had some big wins and some big losses. And uh, uh, how about Meepo? Are they still undefeated? Last I saw, I was I was looking through Twitter uh, just a little while ago, and uh, someone tweeted out some some of the uh, best winning percentages of one A and two A. And so I retweeted it. So you can check my Twitter page for that to, to check it out. But I saw Meepo, I believe, being one of three undefeated teams in 2A right now. So they're having a heck of a year. Well, I, I have been noticing you've been putting up some scores on your Twitter page, and that's been helping me keep up with what's going on. I want you know, I really appreciate that. And I've heard from some other listeners that I think they're kind of appreciative to what you've been doing. And thank you for that. Yeah, that's uh, due to the coaches putting the info in on Varsity Bound, which we know is a great resource, although the app is uh, <laughs> somewhat unreliable at times. But um, overall, I, I get a lot of good info on that. And, and being as we can't get to every single game, especially baseball season, uh, well, it's big uh, info. Well, Zach Kyoto, and I, I, this gal tell me about this app. I believe it's called Game Changer, I think. And okay. If I, 
I lo- download it, but I, I I struggle, Scott, to figure stuff out. But uh, same here. Same she here. was sitting right there. She had the Kyoto Eagles up, and it was she seen the pitch count and the batters wow. up and the batters on deck and who was on base and who was pitching and the whole defense, everything, you know. So, yeah. you know, if we could get to – gosh, I'd like to find somebody from Game Changer to come on the podcast or maybe Varsity Bound to come on the podcast. And I still uh, – I don't – I can't always get logged into it. I don't know why. But uh, I, I downloaded the app, and, and sometimes it works just perfect. And then there's other days, and I don't know if it's a traffic issue or, or just a, a, somebody needs to do some updating with it or what but there's days when i can't hardly get it to load or it'll it'll close out in the middle of me trying to check for uh, this week's schedule or something like that um but that you know that's an app issue it's not the site itself the site's great but uh, well uh anything else this week any scores that you you wanted to update on or any performances that you heard about that you thought you needed to mention um well first i you know i'd like to tell you that i'm a little jealous that you've got to go to Kyoto and see these uh, amazing games there that you've gotten to see these last two trips. Because um, that's just, man, I, that's the kind of baseball a guy wants to see. But so I'm looking ahead at the schedule for this week just a little bit. Um, and, you know, it's, we're getting down to the, the end of the regular season, so there's some big games coming. You said Sigourney hosts Kyoto this week. Yeah, that, that, that's it. the game at Sigourney, I believe it's Wednesday. Yeah, okay. I'm going to check ahead here just real quick and see if that's the case. Yeah, that's what I've got on, on uh, Varsity Bound. Well, I want to point out, too, that it does not list the site of the game, but there's a Don Bosco New London game scheduled for Tuesday. So that's a big one for uh, uh, 1A to be. That would be uh, fun to see. What's that? that? Everyone says uh, New London is, you know, like an all-star team. Well, they're undefeated. I, you know, in baseball, even even at the high school level, I think it's crazy to go this deep into the season and not have a single loss because it's that one sport to me that you could have the, the most talent assembled on your team that that's possible. And you could go up against a team that's got the least and on a given day – uh, like I heard one of the coaches say in your uh, one of your interviews, you know, you're just hit, you're hitting the ball, you're hitting it to to a fielder though, or whatever. There's lots of things that can go on in in a baseball game that allows a, a team that doesn't appear to be, you know, uh, on par with its opponent to to come out with a win. And so to go undefeated in this sport, that that's amazing. Yeah, you you talk about that hitting the ball. I mean, it's like uh, Kyoto. You know, Monday they come to bat. And hit the home run to win the game in the last at bat, and then they come up to bat in the eighth inning, extra innings, you know, down one, and three guys come up to the plate and three guys hit the ball on the nails. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, one's a hot shot to the shortstop, one's a line drive the third baseman gets a hold of, and and the other's a, just a screaming liner to the left fielder that he runs down. You know, I mean, he just. <laughs> Never know how it's going to end, but uh, I guess yeah. uh, we're going to have to yeah. end this segment because uh, this week in baseball has got a, a lot. I don't want to lose anybody, but yeah, listen, listen to this week in baseball. It's a special one. I put it together for you, and uh, I wanted to wish you happy Father's Day. You got any Father's Day wishes? 
happy Father's Day to you, Dave. Happy, uh, you know, you're your grandfather too. Happy Father's Day to everybody out there. We had a good time today. Uh, we hit Lake Darling with the kayaks, smoked some meat. I think we're uh, we're about all wrapped up here for Father's Day this year. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, this week in baseball, people, stick around. We got a really great uh, episode for you. Welcome back to uh, This Week in ba High School Baseball, brought to you by Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa. We've got Dakota McCombs of the uh, Kyoto Eagles, and uh, we had a, uh, you had a, a, a pretty tough week last week. Uh, how did you come out on the week? Oh, uh, we ended up three and one. We, play, we played, uh, I mean, we had North Mahaska, who was a top team, and we uh, ended up with a walk-off home run to win that game. And then we ended up with uh, Montezuma, who is kind of down this year, and we beat them 13 to one. And then we played HLV, which they're a three and seven team, but I think a lot of our conference that's in the lower half, I think they're you know one or two players away from being you know a top team. So I, we played them pretty tight. It was two to four, and then we fell to uh, Limbo solely eight to nine in the extra inning. So it was, I mean, pretty pretty tough week for us. Well, yeah, the, it started out with the high of all highs with that home run, and then, you know, uh, a bittersweet end to the week with a uh, uh, hard-fought uh, game, extra innings, uh, kind of important game against Linville Sully. But uh, let's talk about this week coming up. Who do you play this week? Uh, this week we've got uh, English Valley, and we have uh, Sigourney, and then we have Iowa Valley. Oh, well, that's going to be a pretty, pretty – uh, what day of the week is the Sigourney game? That's a Wednesday, and it's at Sigourney. Well, I think uh, I might slide over there and see that. It was. Uh, we appreciate you being on. Uh, anything uh, about next week that you're kind of uh, pointing to, or is there any games you got circled there, or any pitching matchups you're looking at? You know, Sigourney is always a big game for us. I mean, that's 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 our big rival. So Sigourney is always circled, and I always say English Valley is always circled, and I know that they're not. You know, a top tier team right now, but English Valley always plays us really, really well. They always, you I mean, it's, it's always a really good game. And then, uh, yeah, I think Sigourney's, Sigourney's the big one, though, because we've got the, there'll be two number ones thrown against each other again, like it was last time. And I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a tight fought, fought game. So it should be a good one. Well, you, you've had a hard fought go at it. You, I remember, uh, you went three and three and one, and then you went four and zero, oh, and then you went three and one. Uh, it's hard to complain about that, isn't it? Oh yeah, I mean this, this season's going really, really well. I mean you went, but I mean a good team is going to win two thirds of their games, and then the other third is all of the chance. Is what I always say. So the other, I mean that third is kids coming in. You know that extra work the kids put in is what I always say. So I think that's really what it is. is our kids are putting the extra work and you know, help us come out on top here on, on some of those, you know, bottom third games. So, well, the defense is coming up for you. The offense is coming up for you. The crowds are coming out for you. And, uh, it's, uh, I don't know what it is about Kyoto, but it's always such an enjoyable game, you know, and everybody just seems to have such a good time. Don't they? Yep. I, th I think it's, it has to do with the kids. I mean, really the kids are having fun. The parents are having fun. I mean, I think that's really what it is. There's been years that, I mean, the kids don't have fun. It's hard to, you know, really, you know, keep the fans there and keep the fans, you know, into it and keep the parents coming and happy to be there. But I think when the kids are having fun, 
and the coaches are having fun. I think it makes them really fun to watch. So I think that's really the big thing is our kids are really enjoying baseball this year. And I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be hard to, to end the season this year. I mean, regardless of where we ended that. So. I saw a couple of pretty good looking taco salads. Uh, people was having too. So I'm, oh, I yeah. have to jump on one of those next time. But, uh, oh yeah. There well, you. we're talking Kyoto Eagles baseball with coach Dakota McCombs, uh, whose team's uh, off to a real fantastic, having really a, a stellar season, and uh, there's a lot of fight in that dog. Uh, thanks for being on the program, Dakota. Yep, thanks for having me. I'm always glad to be on here. All right. Welcome back to Round Red Radio as we continue our coverage of the Winfield Mount Union Pekin Panthers baseball game. we got Coach Nick Swanson of Winfield Mount Union Columbus Schools combined. Yeah. Welcome to the program, Nick. Thank you. So we're here. We're here on a beautiful night here, a little hot, but uh, but it looks like we have got a good night uh, of baseball. Your team's won a couple games here lately. Mm-hmm. Let's start out talking about those wins that you got. Yeah. So uh, last Friday we played Danville, um, real close game. Um, we were down, I would say, two to nothing going into the sixth inning. Uh, we rallied in that sixth, tied it up, and uh, you know it was a kid's first win, my first win as a head coach. Uh, and then Monday night, we played a real good game. Andrew Brown threw for us against uh, L&M, threw a complete game, uh, one, one run baseball, a couple hits, and, um, you know, starting to look in the right direction, starting to compete a little bit more, and starting to look, look like we're going on the up here. Well, I've noticed a lot of times once a team starts to win a game, uh, then the next game that you win is a lot easier Absolutely. than the first game was, and the, the pressure comes off. And you start having fun again, and when you're having fun, good things happen, don't they? Yeah, when it's contagious, you know, once you start, once you get that first one, you know, underneath your belt, everything else kind of just comes with it. You know, the pressure of winning that first game kind of leaves, and you can see it on the field, especially. Well, you're facing the Pekin team, whose uh, record might be a little deceptive. Uh, uh, they have played just uh, some of the best baseball teams uh, they could possibly play mm-hmm. uh, with, with a tremendous winning record. Uh, they, uh, they, they seem to have a lot of power. Yes, uh, absolutely. What, what, tell me about what you're, what, what, what's the speaking team that you know about? What, where are they going to give you problems mm-hmm. tonight? Uh, honestly, up and down the lineup, they can hit. Um, so we just got to change speeds as, as a pitching staff. You know, we'll have our junior, uh, Grant Watson, throw tonight. He's normally our catcher. Uh, but he'll throw tonight, and then we'll have an eighth grader coming in behind him. Um, but, you know, we've played them once this year already, and they beat us pretty pretty good, 11 to nothing. So we've seen kind of what they what they can do um, hitting-wise and a little bit pitching-wise. Uh, but every year it's tough when you play Pekin. You know, they're very well coached, and um, they're always ready to play. It's tough when it, the team you're playing doesn't have any soft spots in the lineup. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, well, let's talk about your defense. Obviously, your defense is coming around mm-hmm. so that you're winning these tight games. How, how are you feeling about the defense? Uh, we're moving in the right direction. I think, you know, we have a lot of young guys uh, that are in some spots. We have a freshman out in the outfield. We have an eighth grader at second base, a sophomore at shortstop. So uh, just getting the experience of playing varsity games. You know, it's a lot different playing junior varsity to varsity. The speed of the game, the, how hard the balls hit is completely different. So they're just trying to get used to it, and each game they're getting better and better. And hopefully by the end of the year, come playoff time, we're ready to go. So who have you played uh... – uh, well, who, who are you going to pitch tonight? Tell us about the pitching matchup that we have tonight. Mm-hmm. Pekin's pitcher, your pitcher, and what does your pitcher do? What's what's the piece for victory for your team tonight? So tonight, I mean, obviously we got to hit the baseball. Um, you know, we struggled a little bit with it this year. Um, you know, 
too many strikeouts, but you know, I think we're starting to shorten up a little bit. Uh, you can see the guys start putting the ball in play a little more, making the, you know, the defense work. At the end of the day, it's still high school baseball, and the more you can make the defense work, the better off you're going to be. Um, but tonight, Grant Watson, our junior, uh, he's normally our everyday catcher. He's going to start tonight. Um, normally a spot starter kind of guy, uh, but we've had, this, this will be our ninth game in 12 days. So pitching's been a little scarce for us. Um, so he'll get the start tonight. And his you know, his big thing is if he can throw strikes, we're going to be okay. Well, playing a lot of games in there is very tough on your pitching. But I feel like it helps the timing of the hitters. Are the hitters starting to come around? Yes. Um, yeah, you know, there's always a double-edged sword playing this amount of, you know, these amount of games in a short amount of, short amount of time. But, you know, hitting, we're, our timing's starting to get a lot better. Our swings are looking a lot better. Um and, you know, our pitching is, you know, we get to four days, so, you know, as long as you have enough pitching that will last you through the week, it'll be pretty good. So uh, this field in particular has a little bit of a sun issue mm-hmm. at the home plate, at least early in the game, mm-hmm. and it's going to be very hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does a coach do? How do they keep you keep your eye on, on guys? Do you, are, you, are you telling them to drink it in the dugout? How do you combat hot night days? Uh, you know, you just got to make sure as a coach that they're hydrated. Well, that's the big thing that you can do, and you know, a lot of that's you know building your relationship with the kids so they can tell you, you know, hey, I'm not feeling the the best, or hey, I'm you know, I just might need a little break here. Um, but normally, you know, the, the kids know what they're doing. They, uh, you know, they, they make sure they hydrate, and that's something that you have to start from Monday. You can't start tomorrow night or last night. You have to start, you know, from day one of the week. So, you know, once you get to the later part of the week, they, they should be pretty good as long as they continue to hydrate. Well, we've still got a couple weeks in the season. Uh, tell us some, some times you're going to play, maybe some home games and maybe some games that you think are really going to challenge. Mm-hmm. So next week we have a, you know, this week was a, a tough test for us. You know, we have Pekin tonight. We had two undefeated teams uh, Tuesday and Wednesday in Meepo in New London. Um, it's great competition for us, I think. I think we're playing some of our better baseball. We're competing. You know, our record is really deceiving. I think teams are starting to realize that we're not just a cakewalk anymore. Um, but, you know, next week we have a, a decent Wapolo team that beat us 6-4. to four. Uh, We'll play Hillcrest again, who beat us 7 to nothing, And then we play Burlington Notre Dame, which is a team we haven't played yet, but they're usually always in the middle of the pack, top end of the conference. So we're well, real excited for that. Well, we sure appreciate you stopping by. Is there anything that we didn't get to talk with you about that we could? No, I think we're good. We got, you know, Winfield's got two home games next week, and then, you know, we, we finish off at home before the last six games. So, well, if, if I come to, to Winfield to see a game this year, uh, I need to know what, what the ambiance is going to be and uh, what kind of hamburgers <laughs> and whatnot you guys got. Uh, our hot dogs are pretty good. Um, I don't know about anything else. I'm usually a hot dog kind of guy. So, as long as we got some good hot dogs, we're pretty good. So, but you know, everyone says our walking tacos are, are pretty good as well. So, well, the coach is Nick Swanson. The team is Winfield Mount Union uh, slash Columbus. Yes. The game is uh, at Pekin. It's going to start in a little bit, so thanks for your time, Coach. Yep, thank you for having me. Welcome back to Round Guy Radio. We're here in Sigourney, Iowa. Sigourney's taking on Don Bosco. I'm here with Scotty Melvin. Say hello. What's up, everybody? Now, we have the pleasure, luckily, uh, Colton Clarahan is here from the Kyoto Eagles, also Sigourney Kyoto's football team. Welcome to the program, Colton. Yep, thank you. So, uh, you know, we've really enjoyed your, your last year, enjoyed your football season, enjoyed the basketball team, but we're really enjoying the baseball season, and you've uh, 
got a scholarship to play baseball in college, don't you? Yep. Yep, it's kind of a deal kind of like that and for grades, and it helps out towards me going me having the opportunity to go down there and play so yeah. so why uh you're, you're so talented at football and uh but baseball seems to be what you love uh why, why is baseball the sport you're gonna pursue uh, i don't know i will start off when we were younger you know i like to throw the ball hard and that kind of led to me getting on a mound and you know just everything just kind of took its, its way from there i remember just in second grade the i never thought i was going to be a pitcher and then all of a sudden found a love for it and that's just how it started the third baseman for Sigourney just made one fantastic play. You got some questions for him. I know you really enjoyed covering him. Well, you kicked that 52-yard field yep. goal. Right? Yep. And, I mean, I blast that all over my Twitter, which I don't have a huge Twitter following, so <laughs> you know, I don't know how much good it did. But I'm, I watch a lot of football. I watch a lot of pro football this year. I saw a lot of bad kicking. I tried to get you a contract with somebody. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's called that. <laughs> no, so, uh, not yet. What, what I'd like to know, though, you line up for something like that, 52 yards away, playoff game, so there's some pressure and stuff. Do you feel any pressure, or are you just like Well, first thing I knew was don't look at the scoreboard, so I didn't see how far it was. <laughs> yeah. All I knew is I didn't even, I didn't realize until I got back until how far it was, and you just, you just got to have trust, and well, the long snapper, Jack, and Kid Molnix, who was holding it at the time, I knew he goes up to me, he goes, punch it through, let's go. You just, you just got to go do it. <laughs> it. It was a line drive, and I'll tell you from the stands, the, the angle we have is not good. Yeah. But I was like, I have my, my girl Liz with me, and we're watching <laughs> this thing carry, and it's, I'm like, that thing's got the distance, man. <laughs> and then I saw those arms go up from the, from the uh, referees. And I'm like, yeah. Eh, it was one of the more, I've seen a lot of great high school football in my day. It's kind of mm-hmm. my thing. Yeah. That ranks as one of the all-time uh, single plays I've seen so well I know Scotty points out every time an NFL player misses a, a field goal he, he's uh, always punching in there the video of that and uh, you know but uh, that was a pretty you also had a 47 yard field goal to win a game against was it Wilton uh, no, it was, we played, it was earlier in the year, it was against Durant. Yeah, Durant, Durant. It wasn't to win it, but it was, that one was, that was like the first one that I've gotten out of 40 yards to kick it, one from there, so that was. You know, pretty- it is amazing you can kick, when I, when I played football, we didn't have anybody that could kick, or <laughs> we played basketball, we didn't have anybody that could jump, I mean, it was ridiculous, uh, but, uh, we just go for it on fourth down, because we didn't have anybody kick the ball, we, we thought if we got eight yards, that was good. My old you high know. school still goes for two-point conversions because uh, a PAT is such an adventure, you know, especially in the smaller high yeah. schools. It's just something they don't even bother with uh, practice. I've been told that multiple times by people who, you know, played in the earlier days, and then they just like, we never went for it. It's just it's yeah. just crazy. Like, same thing with punting. People just say they never do it. Well, we're, we're, uh, we're all we got you here. Let's talk a little bit about your football career, and you were the quarterback. Well, did you play any other positions before you, you got the quarterback slot? Um... I played quick end when I was in seventh grade, and then other than that, it was pretty much, well, for us, quarterback or spin back, and, I mean, obviously linebacker on defense, and I didn't start kicking until 11th grade, so only two years. Just You just started doing that. <laughs> yeah. uh, tell me about some of the some of the teammates that you had. Uh, I know you had a Molinex kid that you like to give the ball to. Yeah. Oh, man, there's a ton. That whole class that I had, I really loved. Um, I wasn't as close with the when I was like a freshman and sophomore. I wasn't as close with the upperclassmen because I didn't really play with them or alongside them. I mean, oh my gosh, you name every single person in that senior class, and I played alongside of them at some point. And I that oh man, that class is insane. I love them. That was well, a nice class. Uh, uh, I'm gonna have trouble remembering the kid's name. It seemed like a Jackson or something, but he said he was your center. 
yeah. And then he Jackson went, Drews. Yeah, Jackson yeah. Drews. And he went to uh, basic training during the summer. Do you think that helped him uh, with fitness and and a little aggre- uh, little being a little tougher and a little more aggressive? Yeah, I I mean the kid was the kid's always been tough. I mean, you know, he just he, every time he stepped on a football field from fifth and sixth grade until now. I mean, he was always pretty tough. But I'd agree he he cut down a little bit of weight and he he got quicker. And you know, I think. Everybody always says that going to the military, you know, you're just gonna, it's just a different mindset, and I think he, I think that helped him a lot on the field too. I won't say that. Well, you, that front line of yours is important to what you guys do, the way you run the ball. Uh, tell me about Coach Jensen. You know, he seems to have a big following statewide, and Sigourney football has kind of a reputation. Uh, so, t- tell me what it's like to play for that coach. Oh, I love him to death. I mean. <laughs> You, you'll know, you'll hear the we are and then SK as we walk out. And he, oh, man, he gets into those games, I think, more than 80% of us. And I am I think that's a lot of it's passion for him. And, you know, he likes he likes to stick with one thing. He likes to do it well. He's always talking about, like, repeating things, doing it the right way. And, he, like I said, it's it's something that he loves. And you can tell that he truly loves it. So uh, let's uh, skip over to the basketball. You, you... You played uh, how many years of basketball for the high school? All four years, but I oh. played varsity. Just I started and actually played just the last year. So uh, what kind of basketball player did you feel like you were? Oh, I didn't do I didn't do too much. Um, I would say, I don't know, I, played, I thought I played pretty good defense and I was communicating a lot, so I'd say that that person that leads but doesn't do a whole lot is the best way I could say because I, I was the oldest one playing with a bunch of those sophomores this year and you know you just kind of have to just help along the way and I think that was my role. So do you think playing football and playing basketball helps keep your body in shape to play baseball and and you know kind of get that skill set up and the, the different things? Yeah and I'd, I like doing all those sports because it you you're not just doing one thing where you're just running you know basketball you got to move side to side so you have to work on being agile enough and I would say that football, that's where your toughness comes out. And, I, I mean, obviously baseball, you don't have to hit every play. But football is your toughness. Um, I can't say anything about golf. I mean, that's <laughs> that's golf. But, no, I basketball is definitely sort of speed and keep myself in shape throughout the winter, especially when you, it's easy to just sit down and relax and not do anything. And then, but So I think, I'd say that's what helped me the most. Well, we uh, uh, caught a, a big moment in your brother's career the other night. Mm-hmm. Tell me about some big moments in your career uh, as a ball player. Oh, obviously the 21 strikeouts, you know, that's pretty cool. I never, I didn't know it until I came back in the dugout. I thought it just had like 13 or 14. Well, who, little, who was you playing against that Iowa day? Valley. Iowa Valley. Yeah, that was a few few more than 14. But Were you just in the zone that day? I, <laughs> I don't really know. I just you go out there and, you know, just get the mindset you want to you want to beat them and, you know, next, next thing you know, good things happen. Um, That's about I don't really know of any other big moments. Obviously, in baseball, I haven't had too many, but I would say just say playing when I was younger, as when I was in eighth grade and playing against Sigourney for the first time, and I threw pretty well. So, you ask a question. Oh, okay. Well, I'm trying to get back into this baseball thing. So, uh, where are you going to school at? Uh, Southeastern Community oh, College. Yeah, that's Burlington. Uh, I grew up not too far across the river from there, uh, so and mm-hmm. they've got a long history of. Oh, yeah. Of good junior college baseball. Are you looking at uh, working up into a four-year school after that? Wherever I can play baseball can again. Play baseball. Yep. Nice. Wherever I can play. Yeah. I want to play as long as possible and stay around it as long as possible. Good deal. Yeah. Do you, do you got a subject that you want to study in school? 
yeah, exercise science, which it, which I've been told that it's kind of going to be more of a general education thing when I get down there, and then after that is when I'll start learning more about it. And that's what the head coach told me. But yeah, I would want to be. I my if I can't play baseball, you know, hopefully major league baseball someday. If that doesn't happen, then I'd like to be an athletic trainer for one of those teams or something. I want to be around it as long as possible. Well, sounds like if you could do what you love, uh, you know, and stay with the game that you love, I think you'll have a rewarding life. It's, a, it's sure a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, who's, the, who's the best baseball player besides you on Cuba? Um, well, I, like, I love my brother catching me. You know, it's, that's huge. I mean... <laughs> the other night we kind of got into it because I told <laughs> we're at Montezuma and you know it's he was he wouldn't set outside and I said come here wave my finger I said come here to the mound now and you know when we were be, kind of beaten up on that team but you know it's I think he's competitive as well I mean I've lived with him since he's been born and you know it's just you know he's good you know he likes to compete and he's he's grown about a foot in the last year I swear he's looking eye to eye with me which. I can still take him down, but oh well. Yeah. Well, he's no. got a, a pretty good curveball. The ball moves a lot. Yes, his. he does. Tell, tell me about your off-speed pitches. Oh, I started develop, developing them probably a little later than everybody else, but I'm happy I did. You know, everybody says you know the curveball kind of is a little bit stressful on the arm, and you know I think the changeup is the way to go because you have to you can change speeds without having to move your elbow or twist your wrist you know you don't have to worry about all that you know you just kind of throw it like a fastball it comes out of the same arm slot and the pitcher and the hitter doesn't know by timing your arm whether you're throwing a fastball so so after you do establish your your fastball it is good to to change speeds and to uh now what what part of the strike zone do you like to stay inside do you like to stay down in the strike zone or usually if i miss i miss a little up so i like to if i can get a high Strike zone advantage. I think I'm. I think I do a really good job. I think so. And so, inside too. A lot of times when a pitcher is throwing the ball high, he's a little strong. Have you ever uh, done any exercise or done some laps or anything to kind of burn off some energy before the start of a game? No, no, just uh, just a smart warm up that I do. You know, I do a little bit of plyo balls and uh, Jaeger bands that make sure my arm stays healthy. I think that's. I think it's beyond huge that you take care of your arm like that so and here's a nice long just stayed in ball off the wall there yeah Bosco's uh, like about to leave starting to stretch this game out a little bit but uh, Sigourney's a great team aren't they yes oh yes they are they are they've ever since I've been in eighth grade and it's you know that's the game that's the game you want to win those are the always competitive games I don't think I've ever I mean besides one or two years we've I've never blown them out you know I was an eighth grader. We played nine, ten inning games with them, and we did both times that year. Another one, we went, I think, eight or nine innings. You know, it's it's, you know, especially playing with a but against a bunch of your friends. You know, it's it's kind of a little bit of bragging rights. And I know some of the younger kids that are still in football, they go to summer weights every day, and they said, you know, that's the first thing to kind of talk about. You know, they're, you know, I think that's what helps us a lot too, especially when it translates to football. Well, we're talking to Colton Clarahan of the Kyoto Eagles. Also, Sigourney Kyoto combines for football, so he plays uh, here in Sigourney for that. What's the atmosphere like at the Snake Pit? Oh, my gosh. Oh, geez. Especially you get into all those games, you know, especially when we started. I wouldn't say that people didn't show up when we were losing, but people really started to – we started getting people's attentions, and they started showing up, and I nothing more – I don't think a whole lot of things are better than 
just looking at the football field right now, that whole side full of people, you can't even see on the field. And now, especially when districts came around, you know, everybody was everybody was hungry to keep on winning. And I think Mr. Scotty Melvin was there for some of that, wasn't he? Yeah, I came up for the game against Waterloo Columbus where you yep. kicked that big old field goal. Oh, my God, that was an exciting yeah, game of Waterloo Columbus, packed. wasn't it? The last two years have been, I think last year we won by three, and I think this year we won by seven or eight. I don't know, I can't remember exactly, but. That's that's one team that we've always played tough. I mean, we're still two and zero against them. It's just they always put on a game for us, especially at the Snake Pit. So this uh, baseball season is your last hurrah as a as a high school player. Yes, it is. So what are you going to miss about the the team and the high school and the fans and what what is it's going to going to be a memory for you? The community, especially. You know, it's kind of cool playing you know, playing baseball in front of your. People that you know, you know, sometimes there's close friends, and then you're playing alongside your friends that you see in school every day. And I don't know, I think it, I think it's awesome to especially, I think everybody needs to be out there and, you know, go out for as many sports as possible because, I don't know, it really builds your community together, I would say. It helps you in life. Mm-hmm. Learn about teamwork and, yep. you know, adversity and, and stuff like that. Uh, well, it's really been a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, you're a fine young man, and uh, that's what we try to celebrate, you know, on the podcast. But, uh, well, uh, anything else you got, Scott? Um, I could probably think of something if I had a few minutes, but I'm distracted now with this parade of hits going on. <laughs> so. yeah, it's, uh, well, thanks, Colton Clarehan, uh, Kyoto Eagles, Sigourney Kyoto. Uh, football, uh, great career. Looking forward to a college, uh, to look at a chance to go to college, and uh, mm-hmm. you'll probably uh, hear a little bit about the Cody Eagles from your little brother, won't you? Yes, I will. <laughs> All right, thanks for being on the show with us. Yep, thank you. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's uh, I've taken some time off, but it's Round Guy here in the Round Guy podcast. And we are calling in a marker. We are uh, eager and happy to have made arrangements to talk with a guest we had on previously. But he was so, uh, you know, inspiring and so much fun. We wanted to have him back. Of course, we're talking about Mrs. Driscoll's favorite son, Jimmy Driscoll, a former uh, major leaguer with Oakland, Texas, and Cincinnati, and now residing in new hampshire but we're talking with jimmy driscoll jimmy good afternoon good afternoon again steve it's good to be back on the air with you and to be heard by a lot of people from iowa i have fond memories of of, of iowa when i played for des moines and AAA, and also when i played the midwest league with uh, burlington so i've been all over the state and uh some wonderful people there so it's good to be back on the air over there well, we're tickled to have you, and and uh, just kind of in keeping with the uh, the theme, I'm watching the Cubs and the Padres with the sound off. Uh, as you might expect, the Cubs are down four to two, but I'm enjoying watching them. And and let me ask you this: It's perfect that you're here, and something I've wanted to talk with a veteran major leaguer, uh, and now I, of course, had the chance to do so. There are a lot of changes going on in the major leagues. Uh, Previously, they've made some changes. They're talking about some changes 
you know, for next season and down the road. Uh, let me ask you to mention some of the things that you've seen in the way of changes in the game that you like and that you don't like. Okay, yeah, that's a uh, a question that's been brought up uh, on a couple. Of, I'm on a couple of Zoom calls uh, a couple times a week, or doing dealing with baseball, and that's a question that's uh, been uh, proposed to me before about the changes. Well, first of all, baseball, whether they're making changes or not, and I'll get to that in a second because I've got a few things to say about it. But baseball is still a great game. It's still a great game, no matter who's playing at that level at the moment. It's still a great game because you have to be able to play at those levels. You have to be able to run quickly. You have to have a strong arm. You have to put the bat on the ball. You have to be able to catch it. You have to be able to throw it on a consistent major league basis. So it's still a great game for that fact. Now, the changes that are being made, personally, I don't like them. We're going to have to live with them because we're not in charge of making the rules, but we don't have to like them. First and foremost, putting a runner on second base in extra innings, putting a runner on second base in extra innings to start the inning off, I've never seen, I mean, it's just, it's beyond me. When I played, if you were on second base, you deserved to be there by hitting a double or somebody danced you over. But anyway, that's number one. Number two, you can't break up a double play. You can't break up a double play and try to knock that shortstop in the center field. All right? Somebody might get hurt, they said. You know? <laughs> Meanwhile, let's into this scenario. Runners on first and third, one out. And the winning runs on third. Okay? Ground ball to the second baseman. He flips to the shortstop. In the old days, it would be my absolute job to break up the double play. And if I did, the guy from third scores and we win the ball game. Now, you almost have to get out of the way of the shortstop so he can make the throw to first because somebody might get hurt, they said, you know? Anyway, that's <laughs> yeah. another one. That's another one. Another one is you can't bowl over the catcher. Rounding third. When I played, I played, I was in a game one, one, one night. Ray Fossey, the great Ray Fossey, the catcher for Cleveland, went on to be a broadcaster with the A's. He was catching, and I was on second base. Ground, a base hit the left field, and the third base coach has me scoring, waving me on. And by the time I got about three quarters of the way down the line, Ray Fossey already had the ball. I tried to bowl him over, knock the ball out of his hand. Well, that didn't work because he caught me in midair and threw me down to the ground like I was a, a rag doll. <laughs> that's a true story and another rule that's looming it's looming they're testing it in the minors is they're going to have a computer calling balls and strikes you know uh, right they have that in tennis now and uh, i don't know maybe some other sports but uh gee i mean they're they're taking the human interest right out of the game you know that's and, and how can you argue with a computer you know, 
But anyway, uh, I don't like the new changes. I like the old rules. The umpire calls another rule. Challenging the umpire where they have to go over and the umps have to put the headphones on to talk to New York to see what they they, they think, you know. When I play, if the umpire called you out, you're out. You know, you could argue right. with them, get up you could argue with him, get up in the space and like Earl Weed used to spin his hat around so he wouldn't he wanted to get a little closer so the bill of his hat didn't hit the umpire. But uh yeah, it's it's just it's uh they're taking the the human interest out of the game. It's it's sad, really. It's sad, you know. And it makes sense to me, Jimmy, that that as a veteran Major League Baseball player uh, for so many years, that other uh, retired Major League players probably agree with you. Don't you oh, find that to be true? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But let's face it; it's a big it's a it's a big money business now. Come on. When I played the top players back, this is back in the late sixties, early seventies. The the best, the top players were making hundred thousand, hundred and twenty-five thousand, pretty good money in those days, right? Now right. the minimum salary now, the least, if you're in the big leagues, the least you can make is five hundred thousand dollars a year. Wow. The least that's the minimum. You yeah. put two or three years, you string a couple of two good three. Two or three good years uh, together. Meanwhile, you sign a contract four million a year. You put another couple of years together. Meanwhile, your the top players are making thirty million a year. I can't even count that high. You know, <laughs> unbelievable, isn't it? The, the bad boys are making a hundred thousand. <laughs> well, Jimmy, let me back up to. Uh, I, I was uh, impressed with your story about Ray Fossey and trying to take him out, and you were a tad unsuccessful. But it makes sense that Pete Rose uh, uh, got got even with him in that All Star game. Remember when Pete Rose took Ray Fossey out at the All Star game? Of course, that that changed. That was the changing point in Ray Fossey's career. Yeah, messed up his shoulder, I think. Yeah, he came, uh, but that was almost like a bang bang play at the plate. Uh, for my instance, uh, I was two or three feet from the plate, and he already had the ball. But when Pete, Pete, I mean, it was legitimate. It was trying to break, you know, knock the ball loose. Right, uh, right, but it. But it changed the. Uh, it changed. The, that was the change, the turning point in Ray Fossey's career. He rebounded from it, but he was never the same as he was before. You know. Right. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. Uh, I appreciate hearing your take on some of these changes that are going on. Yeah. Uh, but let me then let me then ask you this: uh, Is there? Do you still follow the game at all and watch? I do because I'm a fan of the game. And when you mentioned that you're you got the Cubs uh, San Diego game on with the, with the volume turned down, the real the real uh, baseball fan they don't need an announcer telling them what's going on, right? You know right. yourself. You know yourself what's going. You don't need it. I mean, so you turn down the volume, you can still enjoy the game. You know, but yes, yeah, I I do follow it. Uh, I don't sit down and. When the playoffs come around, I'll I'll play a little pay a little more closer attention to it. Uh, 
But during the regular season, the Red, I'm up here in New Hampshire, so we get the Red Sox uh, on a nightly basis. Uh, so I'll tune in to them every once in a while. I've been concentrating on the Celtics uh, recently. You know, they're they're playing tonight in Boston with their with their lives on the line. You know, they win tonight, they go back to Frisco for the seventh game. If they lose, the, they go to the golf course tomorrow. You know, so. Uh, but I do. I pay attention to baseball. I'm in a fantasy league. I'm leading my league in the fantasy. I'm nine and zero. Oh. Nine. Wow. I'm nine and zero. Oh. Awesome. General, I'm like a general manager. You know, if a guy is, uh, uh, you know, going into a, a, a slump or a pitcher's looking nuts, I, I dump him right away and get somebody else. <laughs> uh, 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 let me. All right. So, so currently in the game today. And it, and it makes sense that you you follow uh, pretty closely what's going on. Who are you, your picks as far as some of the current major leaguers that are real superstars and, and inevitably destined for Cooperstown in your mind? Well, you, you got to you got to start off with probably uh, uh, Aaron Judge for the uh, for the for the Yanks. I mean, he's um, he's just getting started. I mean, somebody said, "What are they going to offer?" They've already offered him a, a ton of dough. He turned it down, but now he's he's uh, he's really you know he's putting big numbers up on the board. If somebody's if the Yanks don't the Yankees should come up to him and give him a blank check and say, "Fill it in, whatever you want," you know, because right. some clubs some clubs going to do that. If the Yanks don't do it. So him, um, let's see, anybody else? You know, some of those, look at the kid from the Angels, the pitcher, Osami there. I mean, to be, to be in the Hall of Fame, you got to do it consistently for 10, at least 10 years, you know, to be even considered. So, right. uh, but Judge and the kid Stanton, if he stays healthy, he's good. It's just off the top of my head, I, you know, uh, names elude me, but uh, those are a couple that come into mind, you know. And to that end, what about your your thoughts on free agency? Where, you know, we talked a moment ago, you mentioned the money and, and the outrageous salaries that some of these guys are getting. When, when they put together several good years statistically and they get the big money, they, they don't seem to stay with one team for their entire career. Whereas that used to be the case. So your take on, on free agency and what it's done uh, to players because once you you know you start rooting for Anthony Rizzo and and now you know you got to get a new jersey because he's with a different team and, well, that's and the right. same with a lot of these other guys. Well, that's it. I mean, when we were growing up, uh, you know, you could count on your favorite player being back the next year with your team. You know, you right? Could count on you could count on uh, Yaz being back, or you could count on. Ed Williams or those, that, that era, Mickey Mantle or any of those guys that played their whole careers with one organization, you could count on it, you know? You zero right. in on them. And right, right now, the Anthony Rizzo's of the world, uh, 
and here's what it boils down to: it's the uh, it's the uh, the old dollar sign. You know, they they got so much money floating around, they'd be fools not to take advantage of it because it's a it's a short lived career. Let's face it. You know, when you you reach the age of 30, 35 years old, you're an old timer. You know, where you're right. a young man. Well, that age, you're just a young man in 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 the, in the game of life. You know, so. I can't blame them. I can't blame them, but uh, it's too bad for the fans. They, you know, somebody that hates the Cubs and you know, somebody that hates the Yankees. All of a sudden, their favorite player Rizzo's playing for them. You know, how do you how do you justify that? But it is what it is, and it's uh, it's you gotta you gotta accept it because it's it's here, whether you like it or not. You know. Well, I agree with you. Uh, I was a fan of, uh, you know, this young kid that I thought had some promise. He looked pretty talented to me, and he had a unique uh, name, uh, and he was for the Red Sox. So I'm, I'm confident you're familiar with Andrew Benatendi. One of the, and some of the some of the greatest catches in the World Series history were made by Benatendi. Remember those catches he made when they won the pennant a couple of years ago in left field. Yeah, absolutely. Great glove, good stick, and and he was young and and full of promise. But because he was a Red Sox, I couldn't I couldn't root for him. But then he ended up with the Royals, and at least now I can kind of root for him. Uh, But but another example of a guy not spending his entire career with one ball club. Exactly. See, I love, I love Benintendi. You know, I he was one of my favorite. With that that whole outfield, Benintendi. Then they had uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. in left, and I forget who was in center now for that club uh, off the top of my head. But anyway, a, a, just a, a wonderful player. And then when they traded him, he didn't he didn't play out his option. They traded him the Sox, I think. He didn't. He didn't all of a sudden become a free agent and go with Kansas City. They traded them to Kansas City. Well, they must have got what they thought was a hell of a return because I think that kid's got a future. Yeah, he struggled somewhat in Kansas City, but uh, you know, he's uh, you know, you've seen a lot of players that'll come in and they become one one like a rock and roll band, a one hit wonder, you know. When, uh, Jimmy, when you were growing up, before you made it to the major leagues, and and you, you spent some a few years in the minors, but when you were a kid growing up, who was your idol? Who was your favorite player? Oh, absolutely, number seven in pinstripes. And uh, if you don't know who number seven in pinstripes is, you're not a baseball fan. Who was it? Well, I can't. His name it rhymes with Mickey Mantle. <laughs> Mickey Mantle. I mean, he was my all-time. I, I grew up in Boston. I'll tell you a quick story. I, I grew up in Boston, and my father uh, was an usher at Fenway Park when I was growing up. So, and when I was four years old, I had my picture. And this was 1948. When I was four years old, I had my picture taken with Ted Williams. At Fenway. I had a little Red Sox uniform on. And my brother Joe, he was one year older. He had a 
Sox uni on it's before the fans get into the into the stadium because the the uh, the ushers and the ground crew are the first employees into the park. But meanwhile, the Sox are having batting practice, and Ted walked by the close by to the box seats, and my father waved them down, asked him if he'd take a quick picture with with uh, my sons, me and my brother Joe. Ed said, sure. He walked over, he put his arms around us, they snapped the picture, and 25 years later, picture this now, 25 years later, I was playing for the Oakland A's, and I got traded to the Texas Rangers. And who was the manager of the Texas Rangers? Ed Williams. Right. So, my father sends the picture down, one from 1948, and I waltzed it in at Ted's office. And I said, I said, Ted, will you sign this? He said, who is that? I said, that's me. He got the biggest kick out of it. He, he called the press. They took another picture of he and I as Rangers, ran the both pictures back-to-back in the paper with the headlines, Driscoll Williams reunited after 25 years. <laughs> ah, that's great. So, yeah, great story. Uh, oh, that's my, great. Yeah, my favorite, and nobody knew I was a Yankee fan because I was from Boston, and nobody, you know, but I was rooted for the Yanks, you know, Moose Scow and Bobby Richards and Tony Kubek and Whitey Ford and Yogi and Clint Boyer, Clint Boyer, third, come on, you know. Uh, So, that's a great story. Uh, So, it had to happen that somewhere... Either in your minor league career or certainly in your major league career, uh, you had to have run into Mickey Mantle. Tell us how that would have worked out. I want to tell you something. This was revealed after the fact, but in, if you're, if it goes on in the minors too. You get to the ballpark, you get to the clubhouse. There's usually a couple dozen, three, two or three dozen balls. Uh, on the table in the clubhouse and and the players sit down and sign them. And there's the balls for the organizations to do what they wanted with, you know? So Mickey Mantle couldn't be bothered with signing these balls. So the clubhouse guy, the clubhouse guy signed Mickey Mantle's name to about 10 years worth of baseballs, right? So people that have that autograph of Mickey Mantle, it's not Mickey Mantle's autograph. It's the clubhouse guy. Okay. So now I'm out in Arizona. I I got a job in scouting after my playing days were over, but I was scouting out in Arizona. And that was, and this was back in the early, late eighties, the fantasy camps were just getting off the ground. You know, the uh, baseball fantasy camps where, you know, the general public could go down and spend a week with former players and, you know, be a, like, a, like a spring training. Anyway, the Yankees had one in Scottsdale, Arizona. And Mantle was there. Yogi was there. Whitey Ford was there. Elston Howard. They had a bunch of them. And when I first played at Yankee Stadium, we were with the A's. And in the clubhouse, the visiting clubhouse, the clubby had a trunk, a big trunk full of black and white pictures, press pictures. Uh, and he, he would let you go through and take a couple if you wanted. So I went through and I took a, I grabbed one with Mickey Mantle standing 
right next to Joe DiMaggio, uh, close up shot. And I grabbed that for myself, you know, because Mickey was my favorite. So fast forward 20 years and here's Mickey Mantle at a fantasy camp five miles from where I live. I grabbed the picture and a Sharpie and went to the fantasy camp and they were just getting ready to take a, like a team picture. So I had an opportunity. I walked right up the mantle and I said, Mickey, would you sign this? He said, where'd you get that picture? I said, well, I was, I'm a former player. And if you're a former player in the majors, there's a close knit, whether you, they knew you or not, the fact that you played in the, you're a professional player. There's a, it's a close knit camaraderie that goes on. So I gave him the pen. I gave him the picture and he signed the picture and I've got it framed in my den right now with the, with the knowledge that it is indeed a Mickey Mantle signature, you know? So that's I'll give you $50. I'll give you $50 for that picture right now. It's probably, it's, it's probably worth, you put a couple of zeros on that, then you might be able to get it. Uh, uh, that's fantastic. Now, did you ever catch up with Dimashio to have him sign it as well? No, or did I, you... I, I did. I, I was I was around him, but I never got a, 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 the thought never entered my mind because he was a coach for the A's back when I first got, got to the majors. Oh, that's he right. Was, I'd he was forgotten one, he, was, he was one of the coaches. I used to go to church with him on Sunday, go to mass with Joe Dimaggio. Wow. Out in spring training, out in Mesa, Arizona. Yeah. So he was one of the, he was Mr. Coffee in those days. Remember the Mr. Coffee? That, oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. He did He did the commercials. Yeah. Don't Joe go. DiMaggio. That's yeah. great. Sure. Well, the, you know, you mentioned these fantasy camps. I, I, I went to a bunch of those. Yeah. And it was the closest I got to being a major leaguer. But it was, but I it allowed me to catch up with Mickey uh, a couple of times as well. Great, and it's fun. It was fun. Just I mean, and you realize once you around those guys on a on a close intimate basis, the clubhouse and on the field, you 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 came to the realization that they're just regular guys that are talented in baseball. You know, right, right. That's what that's what you you realize is. You know, they're special because they were, have the God-given ability to do it. But in essence, they're they're just like you and me. You know. Well, they, while we're talking about uh, favorite players from your standpoint and mine, and it makes sense to me, and and I'm eager to hear a story or two uh, about it. But you know, a lot of times, a young kid watching TV or reading a story. It, it does. It's kind of a unique situation, which makes that person decide that he's going to be a fan of this particular player. So it makes sense that you had that happen, where where young kids grew up and their idol was Jimmy Driscoll. Uh, and and did you ever have? And if so, please tell us about it. Where where guys came up and said, "Hey, you were my favorite player growing up." Absolutely, and, and it was not a, like a national thing, but locally, uh, I was the hometown hero, you know? Uh -huh. And uh, so, you know, when I played it, when I first 
came up to the big leagues with the A's who were playing in Boston, I wound up, I hold one major league record. Uh, I left the most tickets for anybody to get into a ball game. I left 112 <laughs> tickets. I left 112 tickets for friends and family uh, uh, from the Boston area when I went into to play against. And I got two for, I played second base, but two for four off of Ray Cope. Uh, had seven uh, chances in the field, turned a couple of double plays, and it was with all my friends and relatives in the stands. It was quite a moment, you know. Oh, I bet. I, I, I still get maybe a couple of, couple of two or three a month of uh, people sending me uh, my baseball card and wanting to for an autograph, you know. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I say. As long as they send me a self-addressed stamped envelope to return it, I'll, I'll sign it. You know, I'm not uh-huh. paying my own. I'm not paying postage back. You know, but most sure. of them do. Most of them do. But here's the funny thing. Uh, you know, just to in, uh, not trying to talk you into doing it, but usually they'll send a little note saying, uh, you know, do you. They'll introduce themselves and a quick note with the cards and that, but I've got I've got notes saying that Jimmy, you were the you were the best player I've ever seen. You were you were better than you were better than Wade Boggs and Cardi Strenzi combined. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> trying to trying to buddy you up just so you sign the thing and send it back to them. You know, uh-huh. I didn't uh-huh. know me from Santa Claus. But there's uh-huh. card collectors. His card collectors and uh, my rookie card is a tops rookie card and it's a double card meaning I was on top of the card and underneath was um, Angel Manguel. Was a oh, I remember him. Angel Manguel, yeah. Uh, center fielder for the A's back in those days and uh, he just passed away just recently down at uh, in Puerto Rico from Puerto Rico. Hey, I, I don't uh, mean yeah, to cut in but uh, Jimmy can we get you to hang on for another segment? Uh, I'm kind of running out of, not running out of gas, but I got a few things to do. Uh, okay. Can we, can we, can we, uh, schedule another one to, in the near future? You bet. Okay. Oh, absolutely. I got a hundred more questions, Jimmy. Okay. And, uh, I love talking baseball. I can especially, tell. Especially. And I, I love hearing you talk about baseball. I love talking about baseball, especially with people that know about baseball, you know? That's who exactly. I like to uh, c- converse with, you know? If I mention Moose Scourd, you know exactly who he is, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, so you guys are you're right on the money as far as I'm concerned, and I enjoy talking with the both of you, and uh, I'll do it again sometime real soon. Well, Jimmy, we'd love to have you. And like I said, I got a hundred more questions that I want to throw at you. But if you've got things to do, we'll we'll be considerate of that. And so we'll say goodbye and certainly thanks. And we'll be in touch and do this uh, down the road sometime. Sounds terrific, Steve. And uh, great to hear your voice again. And uh, the other guy on the dial, like John, is his name Johnson or something like that? Yep. Dave, Dave Johnson. I know it is. I know who he, he is. <laughs> he's a legend in his spare time. In his spare time, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, again, guys, uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. All right, brother. Okay, kid.
Take two and hit to right. Yeah, swing hard in case you hit it. That's <laughs> exactly. All right, buddy. Okay. All right, so long. Welcome back to Round Guy Radio. We're here in Kyoto, Iowa, as the Kyoto Eagles are going to play the Linville Sully Hawks, basically for first place in the division. Uh, we have, uh, can you say your name? Stacy Albert. Stacy Albert, you're the wife of the coach. I am. So you, uh, we wanted to find out a little bit about the team and who's pitching, and uh, if you could give us a little, some, some eyes on how the team's gone, uh, season's gone this year. Sure. Well, I'm going to start off really strong. One loss in the season to Eddieville early on. Um, but otherwise, we've had a, a nice win streak happening right now. Um, a big win against Sigourney on Wednesday, um, bringing us here to, to Kyoto here on Friday, and, and uh, hopefully a good game here today. Pitching will be Lucas Seek. Lucas is a sophomore. He's um, done really well for us this year. Did really well for us last year, too. He's young, but has a, has a veteran presence on the mound. So we're excited to see him take on. So are you in the middle of a, a, a busy week with lots of games? Yeah, we played on Monday, Sydney on, on Wednesday, Kyoto here on Friday, and then tomorrow we've got a double header against West Marshall and PCM. So you're, so you're pitching a stretch real thin, so this is the sophomore, would he be uh, a second or a third starter, or where would he be as a number Okay, he's usually our number one starter. Oh, he's your number one yeah. starter, so yeah. uh, what what kind of a pitcher is he? Just very consistent. He's got uh, nice speed. He's got good movement. He's nice and athletic on the mound. So just a very nice universal pitcher. Well, uh, tell me about your catcher. What kind of catcher does he have? Porter is also a sophomore. Uh, he's a lefty behind the plate, so it's a little bit different. But Porter is very, very athletic. He does a nice job behind the plate. does a good job framing. He does a very good job blocking. Very quick out of the box. So you'll, you'll see he's a, he's a strong presence behind the plate. Does he have a strong arm? Yeah, yeah. That's very, very good. Clear, okay. Really. Well, I always like to ask uh, about a team's outfield defense. I like to cover the defense before we cover the offense. And I like to start the outfield. Because uh, from what I've seen in a lot of high school games, the outfield defense seems to make a difference. Tell me about your outfield. Outfield is fast. I mean, it's led with, with Caleb Ray out in center field. Uh, he's a junior. Um, Caleb has great ball reads, very, very good speed. Bryce Richards out in left field, very, very good ball reads, very good speed. Uh, and Nor- Owen Norris out in right field um, is a really solid player out there, too. So strong outfield. Good. Who has the best arm out there? So uh, let's let's go to the corner infielders, the third baseman and the first baseman. Uh, who do we have playing at those positions? Corner, uh, third base tonight is Carson Masson. So we've been rotating Carson Masson and uh, Davis Utech, but uh, Carson gets a start tonight. He's been doing a really nice job at third base, and so is Davis when he plays there. Um, and then at first base is Reese Hunsbergen, and he's anchored first base for us this year and last year, too. He does a nice job. He's got long arm reach and just nice love. Well, let's talk about your double play combination, the shortstop and second baseman. Who do we have there, and what kind of athletic ability do we have? Well, Connor Master at shortstop and Braden Elberts at second base. And Connor's a junior. Braden's a, a senior. They've worked together for a long time, and you'll find Connor's incredibly athletic and just nice leadership skills. And and Braden's just uh, super consistent out there. Just plays a nice, nice, nice second base, nice glove. They work together very well. Well, that, that's good. Now let's talk about the hitting. Uh, let's break it down to you know I want I want to find out who's the who's the good contact hitters, the guys that don't strike out. Then we'll talk about the RBI guys. And I also want to know if you have anybody that can bunt on. Yeah. Well. Hitting coaching is my job with the, with the team, so so hopefully you'll find that they do a solid job, nine, one through nine. Um, but we've got a lot of nice contact hitters. I mean, specifically, Porter leads us off, and 
Uh, he's, he's a very tough, tough batter all, all the way through. Um, actually, most of our kids are very good contact swingers, so we should see that tonight. Um, and well, then there's the, a couple of the big RBI there. guys on there. Well, the middle of our lineup has, has good RBI potential, so three, four, and five batters. So that's Connor, that's Bryce Richards, that's uh, Caleb Ray, three, four, five. And then Owen Norris is six, and he's got a high RBI number, too. So do you have any, any power hitters that hit home runs or, or extra base hits for you consistently? Uh, we've had four kids hit home runs so far this year. So that's Owen Norris, the right depth. fielder, is... Um, hit one out, our catcher quarter, down harder is hit one out. Bryce Richards, the left fielder, is hit one out. And I uh, believe Connor Maston, the shortstop, is hit one out. So those those four of all, all have power potential. Well, what kind of coach does this team have? <laughs> I'm probably biased on that one, but this is Scott's fifth year uh, as head coach. And I, I think you'll find that, that defense is taught as a, as a priority. We're strong defensively. Um, pitching mound, you know, our focus is defense first, and then um, and then doing enough offensively to keep ourselves in game. So, so I think that's the tendency that you'll find in this team. Well, tell me a little about uh, about Kyoto itself, and uh, what, what's it like to play at this ballpark, and uh, what what kind of matchup are you expecting tonight out of them? Well, our games between us and Kyoto for the last several years have just been incredibly competitive. I think Clarahan does a nice job on the mound. I think his stats have shown this year. He's He's demonstrating a dominant presence on the mound, so it's fun to come here tonight and uh, hopefully face their best. And, and hopefully, you know, hopefully we see a good ball game and and uh, hopefully we come out on top. Well, Round Guy Radio is expected to do a clash of the Titans, so you speak. You know, this this game is very important for who's going to win this division. Isn't it? Correct. It's very important right now and going into district pairings tomorrow. Everybody wants a strong game tonight going into district pairings tomorrow. So. Well, tell, tell our listeners where Linville Sully is. Uh, Linville Sully is kind of right in the middle of Newton, Grinnell, and, and Pella. If you drew a triangle and it took all, all three of those, Sully would be straight in the middle. Uh, well, thanks for being on the show, and uh, we appreciate, we appreciate uh, the information. Thanks a lot. No problem.